welcome to another episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. As always, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you are having a great summer so far and staying, you know, hydrated and cool and all of those things that are so important this time of year. I'm very happy to have Diane Avitable, a really good friend of mine, on the show today. Diane is a licensed esthetician, a brow specialist, plant ally, and maker. She practices in New York City and um, upstate New York area for 20 years, and she is rooted in holistic practices and techniques fused with advanced therapeutic treatments. Diane is insanely passionate about making you feel your best. And for those of you who know Diane, you know this to be absolutely true. Um, she's got so many great things to say about skincare, about how less is more, and how to not be so aggressive with our skin. So I really appreciate her approach to working as an esthetician and um, her understanding of, you know, just the holistic approach to um, having vibrant, healthy skin. So sit back, enjoy a cup of tea, and um, enjoy this episode of The Herb Walk with Jessica Baker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jess. I'm really glad to be here. This is exciting. Um, it is exciting. This is, of course, you know, I know one of your favorite topics, um, mm-hmm. but mine too is just somebody who loves plants and, you know, just like natural healing in general. And the skin is so important, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just tell our listeners, though, a little about you? Yeah. So my name is Diana Vittable. I'm based out of the Hudson Valley right now. I've been a practicing esthetician for, this will be my 20th year. So um, it's all I've ever done, industry relevant for the last 20 years. I discovered skin because like most estheticians, I had a lot of skin issues and I had the privilege to learn a lot about plants before I discovered aesthetics. And then there was this mashup moment and I realized that I could be an esthetician and work with plants. and. Um, I think it's safe to say it's like I eat, breathe, and sleep skincare, and I love it. <laughs> and so when you said you had um, experience with plants before you got into aesthetics, yeah. um, were you studying like herbalism or yeah. just like gardening or, or kind of what was your plant path a little bit? Yeah, so I think I was one of I was one of those kids that always had my hands in the dirt. I was always playing with plants. I was always playing with flowers. I just always loved being in the garden. And I had the opportunity when I moved out to Humboldt, California, to study alongside of a local herbalist. And I studied with her for a little, just about two years. And she was actually the person who, you know, said to me, it looks like you seem to be really gravitating towards 
plants that are good for the skin, plants that are good for the liver, plants that are good for the blood, plants that are good for the gut. And she explained to me that the way that she practices is that's how you download your, you know, herbal information. You really let the plants come and grab you and talk to you. And she said to me, she said, why don't you consider, you know, going and deep diving more into herbs that are designed for the skin. And at the same time, I was having, I would say my first bout of really intense adult skin stuff. So it just mashed up at the same time. And so, you know, during this moment, you so your first products that you were making, you were making for yourself. Yeah. Your own issues. A hundred percent. I would make, you know, toners and face masks and I had really long dreadlocks at the time. So I would make like hair rinses, salves, um, basic, you know, kitchen, witch herbalism 101, but always trying to target whatever was going on in my own skin. And now, you know, two decades later, you've seen so many clients. You know, Mm -hmm. um, so you've probably seen every possible thing that skin related that people can come in with. I would think so. Yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff for sure. And so, you know, for people who, you know, maybe they're like, what is an esthetician anyway? Because I know a lot of people don't know. Can you Mm -hmm. kind of just let people know kind of what your day to day is in terms of being an esthetician? Yeah. So my personal practice is heavily focused on facials. I also do eyebrows. But in terms of skincare, it's heavily focused on facials. Estheticians will do, some will do waxing, some will do facials, some will do body treatments. But I fell in love with doing facials in the beginning, and I really fine-tuned my practice to go in that direction. And I would say my day-to-day is, you know, client treatment-based and a lot of conversation. I think a lot of people forget that there's a big piece around talking about your skin so comfortably with someone that you trust, we're not being nosy. We're just looking to get really good data and really good information. I operate from a place where I'm trying to treat the system holistically as much inside and out. So there's a lot of conversations and those conversations could be very health-based. Honestly, sometimes the conversations are very emotional-based, which is really relevant to the skin too. So I'm talking a lot and working on the face a lot, but it's all relative to the treatment at the time. Um, And I know that the last facial I got with you, which was amazing, of Mm -hmm. course, um, was um, you were using some LED lighting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little about like the difference between the red light and the blue light, just because I'm curious and I'm not as familiar Yeah. So a lot of the LED lights right now will offer red, blue, yellow, and green, and they're designed to penetrate different layers of the dermal tissue and do different things. Uh, Certain conditions live in different layers of the dermal tissue. So for example, hyperpigmentation, when we start to see it or sunspots, brown spots, age spots, when we start to see it sort of live in this like third to fourth layer of the skin. So the yellow light is designed to penetrate there and treat it at that layer of the dermal tissue. The red light will go all the way down to where your fiber blast and your collagen is existing and really help to strengthen that. So work on wrinkles or fine lines. 
the red, the blue, um, you know, just goes maybe to the first couple surface layers and is really good for anti-inflammatory. The green is highly anti antibacterial. So I normally just always use the blue and the red because I don't know any skin type out there that's not experiencing some form of inflammation. We just live in a highly inflammatory environment. I mean, I did facials in New York City for close to 20 years. Everybody was highly inflammatory, you know? So um, the red and the blue tend to be my favorite. And it's a great way to do work without being invasive. And that's another place where I really live. So it's a great way to target concerns, goals of a client and see some good results, but not use invasive products, invasive ingredients, invasive treatments. That's just how I feel. And, you know, let's talk about that because I know that like we're such an extreme culture, right? We have to always be doing something that is way beyond what we actually need, whether that's exercising or, you know, quote unquote, cleansing or whatever it is, we need to take it to the extreme. So can you like kind of tell us why it would be more beneficial to use like less extreme measures because our skin um, just feels so like delicate to me, right? It is. It's very delicate. The skin is very delicate. And remember that the skin is the largest organ of the body. So it's really going to be the housing space for everything that's going on both internally and externally. So it's busy. The skin is like a busy organ that's doing a lot. It wants to be treated in a slow, loving, gentle, nurturing way so that it has the opportunity to live in a place of rest, to live in a place of balance, to feel like it's being protected and to feel like it can sustain all of those for the long term. So when we do things that throw it out of balance, the skin gets on like a hamster wheel. It's trying to catch up. It's trying to repair itself. It's trying to balance itself. A lot of what happens is it's trying to really protect itself, but it's like struggling with it being aggressed so much. And most of the time people come in and their skin is really out of balance and that manifests in so many different ways based on so many different things. Not everybody's out of balance skin is the same for the person next door to them. And I'll ask them there and they're like, I don't know, I don't understand. I feel like I'm doing everything right. I'm using all these products and I'm just like, let's stop right there. That is a big thing. So um, just stripping down the skin too much, it doesn't want to be stripped. We're the only culture in this world that's obsessed with being clean. You know, like in India, they don't really clean the babies for like months. They just coat them in oil and let them be like happy and like lippity and protected and dirty because that's like actually a little bit good for us. Yeah, absolutely. No more yeah. antibacterial soap. No, constantly. It's, it's just, it's too much. We, um, we're we not set up to be resilient against that type of aggression. Yeah, great way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you make amazing products, take time Thank out you. for beauty Thank and, you. um, you use a lot of botanical medicine in your products, obviously as, as your, as your love of plants goes. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us a little, um, I mean, I can always spout out the products of yours mm-hmm. that I use and love, of course. Yeah. Um, but do you want to just talk a little bit about why you choose some of the plants in your products that you choose? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So one of my proprietary ingredients in all of my face oils and one of my cleansers is, and my moisturizer as well, um, is going to be calendula, mainly because it just has this super like very beautiful anti-inflammatory energy. Every single skin, anything that anybody complains about, there is a rooted imbalance of inflammation there. So all skin types and conditions respond very well to being soothed. Um, so I use a lot of calendula. I um, really like to use ingredients that both represent what I want them to do energetically and to the skin. Like for example, I use mugwort in one of my face oils. It's called the Dream Skin Concentrate. And mugwort has this really cosmically protective energy. It's protective, it clears, you know, it um, brings you to a, a place of feeling calm. And from the skincare place of part of the world, it really gives your barrier a lot of strength. So it gives your protective barrier a lot of protection and a lot of strength. So I like using plants that are gonna give an energetic buzz and both like a botanical buzz to the skin. I'm a huge fan of things like marshmallow. Marshmallow wrote is so cool because it is designed to really be that like humectant drawing, like hydrating ingredient. 100% most of us are dehydrated. Everyone listening to this podcast is probably dehydrated. And hydrating the skin is like a number one goal for me. And all skin types can always do more hydration. So bringing elements into the products that are going to increase how the skin overall functions. Um, and just to like, you know, stick on the hydration piece, because everyone's like, oh, I'm dehydrated, more water, more water, more yeah. water. But from a, from a skincare perspective, other than drinking more water, what is one of the like one thing people can do for the skin to help keep it hydrated? I would say first, take a look at how often you're washing your skin, how often you're washing your face. If you are in this classic practice of washing the face twice a day, I challenge you to just give yourself a four weeks, stop washing your face in the morning. Stop taking that step away from your skin in the morning and you'll see that the skin is um, feeling and looking a lot more hydrated. So do you mean don't even splash water on it or you mean with a product, don't wash With a product, face. with an actual okay. cleansing product that's designed to pull and cleanse. Okay. But yeah. just splashing your face with water in the morning. Yeah, I really tell good. my clients to take a warm washcloth and almost like massage it and caress it, like compress it over the skin. What that action does is it wakes up the dermal layers, it wakes up the tissues and lets them know that they're going to be like receiving information from products. So it's a little bit more of like a gentle landing pad for the skin first thing in the morning. Great. Thank you for that clarification. Yeah. I would say too, if somebody's feeling really dehydrated on the skin, also read your labels. If it looks like there's a lot of SD alcohols or dimethicones or silicones in your product, petroleums, these are ingredients that really make the product feel good and give it a great texture, a slip, a feel. But 
they, it does absolutely nothing for the skin. It might feel good going on and give you this super feeling, superficial feeling of being hydrated, but over time, it really just um, will begin to suffocate the skin and dehydrate you further. Um, and just to plug the, your dream time, concentrate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I will still, my skin, it doesn't matter what I used in the past. By morning, my skin would feel like it didn't have anything on it from the night before, mm -hmm. but I feel the concentrate still on the skin in the morning and not in like a negative way, but in that way of like, this is actually still, yeah, that barrier that you were referring to with the mugwort and um, it's just divine. It really yeah. is. It's one of my favorite <laughs> products. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've talked about botanical uh, regimen here for your skin. What would be a benefit to add, you know, isolated active ingredients or is there a benefit for that? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a big part of what I'm talking about a lot right now with clients, because I think it's a big part of the conversation in the botanical world. So isolated ingredients are going to be things like vitamin C or niacinamide or, um, you know, retinol. These are all very like buzzy ingredients right now. And they can play really well with a fully botanical regimen. They can, um, find their way into the skin in a way that is not disrupted by the fact that it's not a botanical ingredient versus a botanical ingredient. I would say, again, read your labels and pay attention to where you're purchasing your products and how you're purchasing your products. Isolated targeted ingredients should be really just a few ingredients mixed together to deliver that ingredient to the skin. If you start, you know, trying to add vitamin C on the skin, but again, it's get like it's got like fragrances or dyes or dimethicones or silicones, that's just not doing anything for the skin. So you're losing the benefit of using an isolated ingredient that could have a lot of activity. And when we talk about having ingredients that are designed to be active, Sometimes botanical skincare people are like, oh, I don't want that because I want stuff that's just going to be really gentle on the skin. Active doesn't necessarily equal intense or aggressive. Active is going into the system and getting into the cells and the tissues and doing something that it needs to do. So like a more targeted approach, but not like too much. Yeah. Exactly. And the really cool thing about botanicals, as you know, is they're really smart and they're really wise and they know what to do when they get into the body. So if you're somebody that's using the core of your regimen as a plant-based regimen, a botanical regimen, and you start sprinkling in some of these isolated actives that I'm talking about, and your skin's agreeing with the combination, the plants are going to start to pop up and inside and start to support the activity of that new ingredient happening. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of products of course have preservatives in there to keep them from going rancid. Right. Um, but can you talk just a little bit about like, if you are using, you know, a more, whether it's a natural based product or not, um, what would be one of the um, things that actually using a rancid oil or rancid product could do like to wreak havoc on the skin? Yeah. I mean, I think you're just going to maybe run into potential irritation. 
Um, you know, I mean, God forbid there's some sort of like tiny microscopic mold developing into that product and then it gets developed, it gets absorbed into the pores. I mean, we have no idea what happens. I think we know what happens when that stuff goes in there, but really like, who knows, you know, you could just run into the place where potential infection, potential irritation, um, just not happy skin, I think, and your skin will let you know. And you should know when the product starts to go bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've all smelled a product going bad, or at least those of us who pay attention. I know a lot of yeah. people are like, oh, I've had this in my cabinet for five years. You think it's still good? I'm like, no. And if I made it, it's definitely not still good, you know? <laughs> like, and why do you, and then also too, on that point, Jess, from an esthetician's point of view, if you have a product for five years, you didn't love that product, right? Yeah. Because if you find products that you love, you use it, you feel inspired by how it's making you look and feel and you keep using it. So when people are like, well, yeah, I've had this product for like a year. I'm like, you don't love it. Like get rid of it. Yeah. Just, you know, toss it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and can we talk a little bit about the importance of, you know, it's summertime. We all want to be outside. The yeah. sun is freaking intense. Intense. Um, what are kind of some things we could do to help save our skin from that like oxidative sun damage that we all get every day? Yeah, well, I am a big proponent of a really big sun hat. You know that I love my hats. You and I have big old hats that we wear. Um, and when I talk about a big old hat, I, you know, really, honestly, let's move past like the trucker cap. It's good, but it just doesn't do enough protection. Something with a really wide brim that's going to protect your neck. Cause remember the sun hits your neck and it bounces up, up to your face. So a wide enough brim where the diameter is gonna protect at least the neck and a fabric that tends to have a little bit of structure so that it stays, you know, it stays up. Those floppy like JLo style hats are amazing but like they look good. They don't really do anything for the skin. There's a lot of really cool brands out right now that are making great hats with sunscreen friendly fabric. So you can actually find, um, I believe it's listed as like a PF 50, um, or an F 50. And it's, you know, saying that it's equivalent to an SPF 50, but in a product, in a fabric. Okay. Um, I definitely am from the camp that you should be wearing sunscreen every single day, 365 days a year, unless you did something like you didn't ever leave the house, you know, like during our early stages of COVID and pandemic, I obviously wasn't putting sunscreen on every single day, but the sun is here all of the time and it's penetrating through the clouds and it's hitting your skin and it's causing that oxidative damage inside to your cells and also to the outside damaging your skin. A lot of people think that they're fine in terms of sun protection if they don't burn. And that's just not true. Um, I don't even do anything below a 50 baseline SPF 50. Um, okay. I just think it's a good place to start to get into the habit of, of using a 50 on a regular basis. And there's two ways to go about it. If you're going to be on vacation and you're going to be like skiing or snowboarding or hiking all day, you know, have a sunscreen that you could be applying liberally, like very, um, 
you know, feeling really good about applying it all the time um, in terms of like texture and feel. For daily skincare, when we're thinking about sunscreen, it should be a separate layer. It shouldn't really be infused into your day cream or your day moisturizer. Because what happens when we add sunscreen to another very ingredient heavy formula, the sunscreen gets diluted. So we're not really getting that full protection. So I tell all my clients, I tell my students, it's the last layer that goes on your skin and um, that will be your daily protection. And sunscreens come so far. It's not this like chalky stuff like when you and I were growing up when we hated the, the texture and the feel. There's so many different textures. There's powders, there's oils, there's watery gels, there's matte finishes. So I think if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't like the touch and feel of sunscreen, you just got to deep dive because there's so many available right now. But you say the like spray on is the least effective. Yeah, the, the spray is like, where's it go? You're spraying and it's like, you know, it's like, it's like an American convenience invention <laughs> no it's like we missed our hairspray so now we just want yeah to spray our bodies no I just yeah I don't I don't think it works if it's all you've got that's great but um I just don't think it works and also too maybe we should differentiate between chemical versus mineral if that's yeah, helpful absolutely yeah so your mineral sunscreen is going to be designed to only protect you from the rays that can burn the skin that could damage the skin. Um, and mineral sunscreen will show up with just a list of natural minerals um, found in the earth that give a protective barrier and protect against the sun, zinc being one of the most popular. The chemical sunscreen or what sometimes is listed as like full spectrum or full UVA, UVB, that's going to protect you from the rays that both burn your skin and also damage you inside, damage the cells inside. So I just use a chemical sunscreen, even though I'm a botanical babe, my, you know, the truth is, is like, I don't really want my skin to break down and damage. And I also want to be outside. So, you know, there's one camp or the other, just get some kind of protection on the skin consistently every single day. Yes, thank you for the reminder, because I won't do it every day. I have these little excuses as to why I shouldn't, but the reality is, is I'm only screwing myself, so I don't know why I yeah. have this, like, battle. It's just another layer to put on. It's just, you're already putting stuff on, so just put it on. Yeah. I know. Yeah, totally it's, good point. It's hard for some people, but yeah. I know. I don't know why. It's the little things. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I mean, on that topic, you know, you've... We, you know, we're all aging and we all want to age gratefully and gracefully and, you know, with as least amount of skin damage as possible, um, but without being like narcissistic or vain or feeling this like, you know, cultural, um, this fucked up cultural phenomenon of like yeah. not wanting to age at all and mm -hmm. doing things like Botox and fillers and things, you know, plastic surgery yeah. to, to shift that appearance. Um, and no judgment to the people who utilize those, exactly. those things. But yep. like for me personally, I don't, I don't want to think that I would want that as I age and right. 
you know, who knows when I'm 65, I may have a totally different idea about exactly what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as a Chinese medicine practitioner and as an herbalist and, you know, I, I do want to do the things that I know. And I know one of the things you bring into your practice is Gua Sha, mm-hmm. which from my acupuncture point of view, um, we were always taught not to Gua Sha the face right? because we're doing it in other than my facial rejuvenation class, you know, right. cosmetic mm-hmm. acupuncture. Um, but, you know, cause it's all about bringing up redness and rash and, you know, trying to create this irritation. Right. But what you do with Gua Sha is totally different mm-hmm. and that more gentle approach. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, just utilizing that method in your practice and, and why you do it? Yeah. So, I mean, the root of facial Gua Sha is to literally create more flow, open up more flow in the skin more flow is going to yield more vitality. And so we're looking for a vital skin. Vital skin is beautifully functioning. Vital skin is strong. It's healthy. And using facial gua sha, you are opening up the skin's ability to move things around with more ease you're working on gently stimulating the circulation, you're delivering fresh oxygen to the skin, you're able to move and clear some sort of stagnation or potential heat that might be building up in the skin. We're not doing it in such an aggressive way like the body gua sha. We're using very, very gentle, almost no pressure movement to really open up those energetic channels and those physical channels that are moving around the skin and create more space and just create more space underneath our tissues to create more space for our muscles to move easy to create more space for stagnation to clear on its own. I don't always necessarily think somebody's going to get up from a gua sha facial and their skin is like completely buzzed and glowing. They might see it happen down the line, maybe that evening or the next day after they've rehydrated really beautifully. There is just an opening up of the flow of the energy of the movement that's bringing more life force to the face. Now you can also do things that are really cool, like learn different angles and like sculpt and contour and really like move muscles and lift. But the, the root of using it in my practice is to just open up, to just open up that space. So things can function how they want to. So things can move how they want to. It's like an assisted therapy. And when you were mentioning the sculpting, people are are like using specific motions with the gua sha tool to sculpt like yeah, there's there will be different shape tools and that are there will be different angles that you can kind of move and sculpt and kind of like, you know, give people a, a thinning of the jawline, a thinning of the jowl. Um, but it's honestly it's temporary, you know. Facial gua sha is 
beautiful at moving things around. Honestly, I tell some of my younger clients and students, if you don't think you want to be 35 plus getting pressure to do Botox, start doing some face massage and face gua sha right now. It's just preventative, you know? It's just setting the skin up to be successful in the future. I have some brides that just want their cheeks lifted and I can do that too because I know how to do that, but it's not really what I'm necessarily trying to do. There's a big misnomer going on in the beauty community that gua sha could like erase wrinkles or like alleviate wrinkles. It's garbage. That's not going to happen. What we can do is work with the skin so that there's more blood flow and energy flow. So the skin looks healthier. A lot of what the wrinkling is, honestly, it's smoke and mirrors. If your skin is healthy and you're hydrated, your wrinkles just don't look that deep. (laughs) It's like, it's, um, and it's really beneficial for relieving muscle tension. TMJ, um, people that just are holding on to their, you don't realize how much you hold on to your face. Your face, you're just, your muscles in your face are so tight. So, um, you know, using it in a way that is just opening the flow up and creating space for um, the body to, to be at ease and to be feeling really good. Great. Thank you. Yes. We, um, when I did more cosmetic acupuncture or facial rejuvenation acupuncture, um, you know, most women who came to me were already in their forties or fifties. And I definitely saw that it worked. Um, and you know, the, the younger girls who didn't even have wrinkles were already trying to come. And I I was like, dude, no, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not (laughs) taking your money. Um, and I don't, and you know, but the whole thing was beautiful because yeah, they got a facial, they get the acupuncture, they get the gua sha and they, but a different, that, you know, yeah. a, a, a rudimentary, my, my facial gua sha was very rudimentary, but, um, and then like a whole body acupuncture treatment. And then you get your protocol of like diet and lifestyle and all the things, because people want this like quick fix. Yeah. Like just do this one thing to my face. And, and it's like, no, it's a whole like holistic way of viewing yep. your whole life. And it will show up with that vibrancy on your skin. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't have to be as hard as our current culture is making it out to be. And that's one of my biggest beefs with my industry. When I became an esthetician, you know, in 2001, 2002, getting beauty advice and skincare advice and product advice was something that you had to seek out. You had to go to a spa, you had to go to maybe a higher end department store you had to go to a dermatologist, a pharmacist. Now we are completely inundated with so much information about products and skincare and wellness. And although I love that there was this explosive movement, I do think that it is beginning to be something that is doing more harm than good. And I'm a big proponent of taking the weight off of women's backs that they have to do more for their beauty. We don't have to do a lot for our beauty. We just have to show up once a day consistently in a ritual, intentional way and praise ourselves. My channel happens to be through beauty. And that's enough. We don't need a shelf full of products. We don't need, you know, 
a, a series of 10 facials. Granted, if someone wants to come in and do that, I will happily do that for them, but it's not, it's not necessary. And we're, we're being piled on unnecessary guilt to keep up. And it's, it's bringing us backwards and it's really annoying. No, it is. And I mean, even like, you know, the word beauty brings up so many, like even negative emotions for people. hundred percent. And it's like, and I love how you say you're a beauty devotee, but but like, what, how do you define beauty? Because for so many people, they're like, I'm not beautiful. There's no, and it's like, no, we are all beautiful. That's the whole point of beauty is like, it's not this prescribed idea of what our society is telling us is beauty. I think that it sounds so cliche, but I think that deep down beauty is really where it comes from. I think if you are doing what you can to prioritize yourself at least a little bit every single day and raising your own vibration in that way. That is, that's the beautiful part. The beautiful part is that you're choosing to intentionally cultivate a rise up in your system and you're, you're letting that come out and that comes out from you. And then you ran, you go have a lunch date with your girlfriend and maybe she's in a little bit of a bummer mood. And she's like, you look amazing. And all of a sudden she's a little, she's a little perked up because she caught that ripple from you. And then she sees her person later and then that ripple jumps to that person. So this like vibrational buzz that we give ourselves, that's really what beauty is. You know, that's really, and if you think about what beauty rituals are centuries past, think about traditional Chinese medicine, think about Ayurvedic tradition, think about Filipino beauty or um, Southeast Asian beauty it was women gathering intentionally every single day to wash their hair, braid their hair, wash their bodies, massage their bodies. Like that was their way to express and feel beautiful for each other. It didn't have anything to do with anybody else. Yeah. And if anything, it was also like an excuse to get away from the men right? and the kids. And, and it's the, like, no, I'm and doing all those, my thing. And all those things. And I really, it's a hard line to walk in my industry because a lot of the times people ask me what I do and I feel like I tell them what I do and they're like, oh, you know, like I'm not in the protest lines and I'm not like, you know, doing ultra humanitarian work, but I have women that my time with them is what really keeps them grounded. And that's really, really important. And if that can make them feel more beautiful then like my mission is accomplished. And the byproduct of the facials is that you look amazing, but there's a lot more deeper work going on inside. And I would love to see the industry go deeper in that direction, but less superficial. Yeah. More like the importance of going is to like lay on that table for an hour and take that time and take your deep breaths and let your whole body relax and allow yourself to be pampered. Yeah. And, And, you know, whatever healing that means for you. Yeah. And you're going to go home and 
those clients are going to be better wives, better mothers, better daughters. You know, they're going to go to work the next day and perform better, whatever that means. There's just, there's a shift that can happen when we feel beautiful and we feel powerful and it, it's reflected from the outside, but it really begins from the inside and it begins from putting ourselves first. And I know it's hard and, you know, I don't have any children and I don't have a lot of people to take care of. And I know some women have a hard time putting themselves first, but literally five minutes every single day, close the door and intentionally wash your face for five minutes every day. Start there. But not with cleansers every day. Not with cleansers every <laughs> Maybe morning. Maybe at night. Yeah, yeah at, at night. night. <laughs> at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tricky. The, the beauty industry is tricky. No, I mean, it, I feel like, yeah, the whole, like, natural, like, just anything to do with anything is tricky right now. I know. But, you know, but there's... Um, you know, this, this toxic, like natural healing movement that's going on that is very superficial and just really all about, are you thin? Yeah. You know, are you spending a thousand dollars on your skincare products? Like whatever it is, it has just like, um, self-care has become, um, I don't know. It's been co-opted by consumerism, of course, but also by this like illusion of what society says we should look like or what we're telling ourselves we should look like yeah um so it's really great to hear just you know beauty defined in another way that's not just a superficial like you have no blemishes and your hair looks great or whatever. yeah I mean that's just that isn't that doesn't happen it's just everybody's different yeah everybody's totally different yeah um do you see well I, I know where you want to see you know, the aesthetics industry going for just like a little, a more deeper meaning to what you're actually, what you're giving people and what people are giving themselves. Um, Do you have anything you want to share with our listeners about um, just words of wisdom, what they can do? Ellen, we've already talked about like the sunscreen yeah, (laughs) and the the, the warm washcloth on the face in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I think really it just keeps reiterating that you know, my brand is called take time out for beauty. And it's literally take the time out, slow down, be more gentle with yourself, be more forgiving of yourself, you know, find some joy in your life and in your day. And just celebrate who you are as a person and celebrate your special gifts and celebrate what makes you so wonderful. And that's, that's your beauty. That's your superpower. knowing that about yourself, that is what is going to ground you in and carry you through. That's like the really woo side of it. The other side of it is like skincare basics 101, just like drink more water, get more sleep, stop staring at the screen so much, you know, um, read your labels, get familiar with like some great websites, like think dirty and like the dirty dozen, which are really good ingredient websites where you can literally be in the store and kind of scan a QR code of a product. And it will tell you all the toxicity, Um, you know, just get familiar with what you're putting on your skin and 
don't be intimidated by creating a regimen or a ritual. It doesn't need to be that long. Maybe three to four products in the morning and maybe a fifth at night if you had to. But it doesn't need to be that big. It doesn't need to be um, everything all at once. And start slow. If you're new to skincare and you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know where to start, start basic, start slow. Don't go out and like buy the like highest intense exfoliation that you can buy and then start slapping it on your skin. Build up. Yeah, definitely great advice. Yeah. Um, and if people are in um, the Hudson Valley area yeah. and mm-hmm. they want to um, book with you either in Poughkeepsie or in Kingston, mm-hmm. um, where can they find your information? Or if they want to buy your products, anywhere that you can ship to. Yeah, I ship worldwide. Um, it is the, the website is ttofd.com. T-T-O-F-D.com. Yeah take time out for beauty. Um, and that's where you could learn more about the services that I do and, um, buy my products and book a service if you'd like, um, buy a gift certificate for someone that lives local that you don't, you know, if you don't like just give the gift of beauty. (laughs) Definitely give the gift of beauty. Um, anything you want to share before we say goodbye to anyone, to everyone? I just really appreciate having conversations like this with another trusted, awesome female practitioner. Um, I just hope that we continue to take really good care of each other and take good care of ourselves. And, you know, um, we're all doing the absolute best that we can. And so just stay in that space. And that's just, that's it. (laughs) We're doing the best we can. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yeah. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Jess. This was so much fun. Yes, it was. Love you. (laughs) Love you. great episode, Diane. Um, Just the wisdom spouted about all of the important things and the simple things that we could be doing for our skin and for ourselves. And that little like five minutes a day to um, just take the time to give ourselves a little beauty and see the beauty that we all bring um, to ourselves to the people around us and then to the greater world. Um, So thank you for listening to this episode of the herb walk with Jessica Baker. You can always find me at jessicabaker.blog, bakerbotanica.com. I'm on Instagram, uh, Jessica Baker underscore herbalist. So um, please reach out and uh, keep listening to the herb walk. Have an awesome day. Mm -hmm.